everybody. Oh, yes. Oh, listen to me. Here I go. Here I go. I'm singing Jack Don't Leave on Lighthouse and Immersive Drinking Musicals EP. Now available everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. I mean, anywhere you listen to music, it's there. It's been out there for a little bit. I cannot wait to share the new songs that we have with you guys. Um, I mean, Scotland heard them. Everyone in Scotland heard. Um, but I can't wait to bring the songs to America because it's going to be so fun. Well, hi, this is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Thrapp. Today, Caitlin is back talking about how to produce a reading. A lot of people have been asking me how and oh boy, she's going to break it down. She's been involved with so many projects, including readings and concerts with big Broadway names. So how do you do it? Well, she explains. But first, headlines. 54 Below is taking the non-profit route. What a transition. The space is a popular venue in New York City for cabaret, but the owner says that it's a struggle to combine the restaurant and theater business. And I think that a lot of us can agree it's also a struggle just to do any one of those single things by themselves. So I know there are a lot of grants out there that a lot of nonprofits get. So hopefully this helps the venue. Next up, Waitress filmed a movie. Yeah, Sarah Bareilles is in this one. The Broadway show filmed in 2021 when she came back after the pandemic. So the movie's going to play at the Tribeca Film Festival. We'll see when it's going to be available after that. But a lot of people should see Waitress. It's so good. And I'm happy that they did film it. So now you can watch it from whenever it gets to you. And the last piece of news is all about me. Uh, So Lighthouse is going to open July 7th at the Soho Playhouse. So July 7th, we have a date. I'm putting up a casting call this week. We're only hiring people in the New York metro area. So we're not going to fly people out to audition nor pay, lodge them. Um, But auditions are going to be going up soon. So keep an eye out for that. I'm so, so, so pumped. And also, I did a special episode about how to get a show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I'm also doing reviews. So if you subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, it's $2.99 a month to subscribe to my special episodes. I'm giving you like some real, real, um, unafraid, unapologetic content that you're going to want to like hear my true thoughts on some stuff. And I break it all down. Believe me, best $2.99 you've ever spent. Much better than a soda or little thing of cat food. Just kidding. Feed your cats. Um, let's get into my guest now. Caitlin's back. So to fill you guys back in, last week we talked to her about how she got a gig being an assistant for a Broadway producer and how she has worked her way up in the industry. And now we're going to continue that conversation. We're going to dive into how she got involved with great readings with Broadway folks. Let's go back in. You know, he's just really great about bringing me into whatever he's doing. And so the readings that he's produced over the past year, um, any of the show, he works on a lot of developmental work as well as the Broadway things. So he'll lead produce these developmental workshops and readings of new shows. Um, So that's always really exciting for me because there's a lot more for me to do uh, when it comes to those projects. And I get to be in the room when we're doing, you know, the rehearsals for those all week. And I get to really kind of be part of the process. So that's always really exciting. So I'd love to hear more about that. So let's, let's make up a a musical. I actually, by the way, you don't know this. I'm currently in Miami. Um, I brought my equipment with me to Miami. Um, I I had to get away. Uh, But so let's say we have a new reading and it's called Miami hotel because that's incredible. Love and it's that. a new musical. And he's like, mm-hmm. hey, new musical, Miami Hotel. I yeah. guess as an assistant, 
to a producer and investor or co-producer and investor, what are the steps when he says, all right, here's a new musical, Miami Hotel. We're going to have a reading in, uh, I don't know, uh, how, how long do you have to, split to get a reading ready? Usually we know uh, we're doing one at least a few months ahead of time. And like we just did one last week, it's March. So, you know, kind of end of March, mid-March. And we started working on it, truly working on it, I would say like in December. Um, okay. So it's, yeah, it's usually a few months out um, that we kind of set an official date and start really doing all the work that leads up to it. And for those who don't know, readings are, for the most part, what um, you invite investors to, right? Yes. Or so, producers? Yeah. It's kind of uh, like when you're in the developmental stage before you do a fully staged production on a in a theater with lights and costumes and choreography and all of that. You do a more informal um, presentation for a room of industry folks, uh, could be investors and producers, could be uh, artistic directors of theaters that maybe you're trying to get it into a theater. Um, it could be directors or just people you might be interested in having involved in the future. Um, so it's kind of for that purpose. And then also in the week leading up to the reading, you're kind of beating up the script, you're making cuts, you're making changes to the script, you're hearing it all out loud for the first time with actors and singers in the room. Um, so it's both, it's kind of twofold. It's a chance to really workshop the script and the show and make improvements and cuts and things like that to kind of help move the actual development of the show along and the writing along. And then it's also a chance to present it to industry folks who you're hoping will help get the show to the next step. So if there are playwrights listening, how do they get their script in front of a person who can do a reading, a producer that can do a reading? Sure. I mean, my boss gets a lot of scripts a week. <laughs> I figured. Um, probably yeah. like hundreds. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not that I'm necessarily suggesting like reaching out to someone you don't know and sending them a script. It's mostly people that he knows or like has a previous relationship with or has met at a reading or something. But um, yeah, I think it's twofold. I mean, I think the best way to start is networking. Um I think as much networking as you can do first and kind of building those relationships in a somewhat genuine, authentic way first and then saying, you know, hey, I'm working on a new show. I'd really love to send you the script and just get some feedback from you, you know, if nothing else is kind of the best way to do it. Um, and I know it's like, well, how do I network? Where do I go? How do I meet these people? But I think there are some great organizations in New York that um, provide those opportunities. There's a company called Business of Broadway that does classes for pretty affordable prices um, where you can learn about the business side of Broadway, mostly about producing. Um, and so they have kind of like a producing 101 class that's just the big picture 101, this is how it all works. Um, and then they have more focused classes about like grants or about unions and guilds or about this or that or creative development or whatnot. Um, and that I have found is a great way to network. I, you know, try to meet people in those classes. Some of them are producers, some of them are writers, some of them are actors just trying to learn more about the industry. And they also do some networking events sometimes with that company, which has been great. Um, and then, you know, this is for 
women or female identifying folks more than anyone else, but there's a, an organization called um, the Broadway Women's Alliance. And I've been going to a lot of their events recently. They are amazing. They put on all these free events and it's free to join the organization. And it's basically for any women who are on the business side of Broadway. So that can mean producing, writing, general management, marketing and advertising. I mean, kind of all of the above. Insert insert career field here. Um, but basically just not necessarily if you're just an actor. Um, and they hold all these events. I just went to one yesterday where they had a panel discussion of four different women who are kind of leading different areas of the industry. Like one was a press agent, one was a, a writer for Playbill or an editor-in-chief actually at Playbill. One was a social media manager, one was a photographer, and they all just talked about their different sides of the industry. And then they will hold like little happy hours or little drinks and networking moments after their events so that you can mingle and meet people and hand out your business card. And I have found that as a really great tool to network. And so I think networking is step one. And then once you kind of have those email addresses of those people that you're interested in reaching out to, reach out to them, send them your script, ask them for feedback um, first and foremost. And then of course, the hope is that they love your script and you know wanna talk more about maybe developing it or producing it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I, I think my advice is start with networking and building those relationships and then see if you can reach out to some people with your script. I think that is such such amazing advice because I know that like for me, I don't get too many emails anymore, but I probably might start getting it soon. But like for a bit, I got a lot of emails from people sending me their scripts. Um, I'm being like, hey, can you produce my show? But that's like the first email from a stranger. <laughs> right, and I'm like, right. no, no, no yeah. I won't. I don't know um, who you are. And then I've had other people that um, invite me to their show. I remember there was one time I was invited to a show. It was years ago. It was like this actor's cabaret show. And it was when I was new at producing and still trying to like find talent. So she, mm -hmm. I, she gave me a comp ticket and then I came and they were like, your name's not on the list and we're sold out. And I was like, yeah. so I just like came out. <laughs> yeah. no so oh, I agree. I think that meeting people uh, and then reaching out after that, that is like such a good way to do things. Cause that's why I loved mass and musicals is because I could actually like talk to people and like get to know them. And then when they reached out after being like, Hey, can you help me with this? Or can you read my script or whatever? I'd be like, totally, totally. I met you. You're cool. Right. And uh, happy to help. But I, I always, I'm always, maybe it's me, but I'm always like, I'm very confused in what to say when I get an email and they're like, can you please produce my script? Right. Um, I, I had a few of those after Shelf Life. I had a few comedians reach out to me after John Marco's Shelf Life got the nominations. It's kind of unheard of that a comedian gets a Best Performer Emmy nomination in the regional Emmys. Usually they sure. give it to like, what do they give it to? They give it to like a PBS show or something. So when comedians found out that you could get an Emmy nomination for stand-up comedy, people were reaching out. Um, but the problem is, and you might notice this too, a lot of people reach out, they don't have money. Right. Yeah. So that's probably, I guess, why they're reaching also, out being like, can you do this? Yes. Um, and they're yeah. like, can you please, can you do this and pay for it? And, and I'm like, I never know what to say to that. Cause I always self-fund my own stuff. Um, yeah. for the most part now, these days, Lighthouse, we've had, we've had great, great, um, we've had a great collaboration with 
you and Joe, our other co-producer, and then Kevin Ellis, our other co-producer. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that was probably the first production I didn't reach out or that I didn't self-fund fully all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm on a rant here. But, yeah, it's always interesting to see who reaches out. Um, and I always feel bad if there's not money because it's like I always feel bad saying no. Right. Well, it's hard. You have to be selective sounds like I don't like that word, but you, I mean, it's like, we only have so many hours in our day and our week and our lives. And it's, you can't say yes to everything, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. I feel bad too. Um, but you know, I also think it's pretty bold for someone to reach out blindly and say, can you produce my show? Like, I think the way to start would be, could you just read my script and maybe give me some feedback? And then if they love it, maybe go from there. But I think just cold emailing someone you don't know and saying, here's my script, want to produce my show. Um, Yeah, that's bad too, because that makes people like that puts you up for like someone like someone could plagiarize it. I don't I don't think that really happens these days. But like someone could if you send it to the wrong producer. That's true. The wrong person. They'd be like, ah, there's a script for me. Um, Yeah, but yeah. It's it's risky, but I like I really like your approach to networking. Also, I didn't know that these groups existed, so that's yeah, cool. yeah. You yeah. should you should join absolutely. I feel like both of those would be really interesting to you and really helpful. So um, yeah, for, definitely. And for you, I was curious. I you I know that you executive produced um, a concert for the Whole Foods musical. <laughs> I, that's not the title. What's the title? I was going to say, again? not officially Whole Foods because, you know, that's oh, yes, yes, copyrighted. That's <laughs> um, inspired by, I do believe, by Whole Foods. Um, yeah, it's called Food Fighters. It's a there new we musical. go. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, by Aaron So how did, how did you get that? Because you worked with a Grammy winner on that. You had yeah. a music director, I believe, it was a Grammy winner. How did yeah. you get that executive producer of this? Um, I mean, it is just a testament to, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm getting older now, so I don't quite still believe in say yes to everything because, um, you know, I, I can't just say yes to like free unpaid work anymore, um, as I'm getting older and more established in my career. But I think first of all, when you're very first starting out, say yes to everything, even if you're not getting paid for it, because it will probably get you in a room or introduce you to someone or be a learning experience. Um, so that's first of all, but it, it, this particular job was definitely a testament to just say yes to things. If you're available, if you can make it work and every experience can either lead to something else or introduce you to people that could, um, you know, you could collaborate with in the future. So, um, they did a, a reading of this musical back in, I believe it was May of 2022. So last year, And my friend was producing it and she just reached out and asked if I would be interested in coming on as a line producer. Um, So basically, I mean, if you don't know really what a line producer is, is the person who does whatever needs to be done, more or less. It's kind of the bottom, bottom of the ladder, I would say, of producers of the producing team on a project um and basically it's just the person that maybe does scheduling or um runs errands or sends emails or makes the program or just kind of whatever needs to be done um and that can really vary show to show 
um, what a line producer's job is. But yeah, I was happy to come on board and just be in a room of a developing musical with Broadway performers and different people um, and network with them. And I was able to still make it work hours wise with my kind of quote unquote day job at the time um, teaching. So yeah, I came on board as line producer for that. And then uh, it was a great experience. It was short, you know, a few days, but I worked hard and did what I needed to do, helped as much as I could. And then, you know, I would help out a, a little bit after that with to the, with the lead producer, um, trying to move it forward. But it was kind of like hit or miss. She would reach out if she had something she needed help with. And then fast forward, she um, lives in Texas now. She used to be here in New York. She just got married. So she's she's kind of moved on. She's teaching now at a school in Texas. So she had kind of moved on from from her producing a little bit, wasn't focusing on it as much. So she actually recommended me to the writer to take over for her as the lead producer on it, the executive producer. Um, and so he reached out to me and I kind of felt imposter syndrome a little bit. I wasn't sure just because I didn't have much experience being the lead producer or the executive producer of a project. Um, and so I almost hesitated to say yes. But, um, you know, first of all, I was upfront with him that I'm relatively green as far as that goes and then you know I also had to have a chat with myself and say you know what just because you're not super experienced I'm a very hard worker I'm good at picking up new skills and new things that I don't necessarily know how to do and I'm now in a really lucky position where I have my boss to go to if I ever have questions about hey like how do you build a budget or how do you you know how do you get industry folks to attend your show or how do you do you know some logistical things if I really am unsure of what to do I can go to him for advice which is really really helpful um so yeah I said yes I started working I I suggested to him that maybe a good next step would be a concert of the musical a concert presentation with some Broadway performers because I had just seen one of a new musical that was really successful so we started planning that and we had some pretty big Broadway um, performers involved. Uh, you had the guy from On Your Feet, right? Yes. Wasn't he? Yep. Yes. Um, Mauricio Martinez. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's incredible. And um, we had Jonalyn Saxer and Megan Masako Haley from Mean Girls and Jimmy Nicholas, who is on Chicago Fire. So, yeah, it was a really, it was a good group. Um, and yeah, Jimmy you're right. Oh, um, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. Yeah, I did mostly. I did most of the casting. There were a few people, I would say it was about half and half with the cast. Um, half of them had done, been part of the project in the past. So we just, we, you know, reached out to people that we thought were a great fit for their role in the past and asked them to come back. Um, and then about half of the cast were new people that we were trying to kind of try out some, some new people in some of the roles. And so I either previously knew them and was able to reach out or, I mean, some of them I just reached out to and hope for the best. Um, so yeah, that it went really well. And yeah, you're correct. The musical director, um, Oscar Hernandez is a Grammy award winner. So yeah, it was a great, great team. Yeah. I was sitting by his son. Um, oh. and yeah, and it was, because this happened right before the Grammys. I think it was like days before. So his son was like, I think his son might be in his late twenties, thirties or so. And he was like, yeah, we're going to hop on a plane and head on to the Grammys tomorrow or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like quite a quite a moment. So That's like you wild. had a really good you had a great cast and that was a good show. So yeah, thank I, you. I look forward to seeing what moves forward with that. Because that was yeah. fun. 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What type of Broadway show would you want to co-produce for your first co-producer credit? Ooh, good question. Um, yes, I also really want to see myself be a co-producer on a Broadway show. I hope. I think I you're hope- going to beat me to it. I think you're going to beat me to it. Because, like, you have risen <sighs> the ranks, like, and you're doing so well. And I, I don't even know how to be a co-producer, except I got an email one time. Um, but, yeah, yeah, answer your question. And then I maybe I'll find my email and tell you. What <laughs> um, well, thank you for saying that. But. Um, I think the ideal show would be, I mean, listen, I think so many producers these days are more willing to take a risk on a show that is either a a revival or is a kind of adaptation of a movie or, or, uh, you know, pop stars life. And it's like a jukebox musical, um, and no hate to any of those things. I'm sure if someone pitched me like the princess diaries on Broadway, I would be super excited about it. But, um, I, I just am more interested and excited by brand new concepts and brand new musicals, musicals and plays, but you know, just something that's not based on anything that already exists, a brand new story, creativity, something new, something interesting, maybe something that hasn't like a story or an angle of a story that we just haven't really heard before, something interesting and exciting and new. Um, And I'm interested also in different people's stories being told, people that previously kind of, not to overuse a phrase, but kind of didn't have a place at the table or didn't really see themselves represented um, on Broadway. So I'm, I'm excited about those types of stories and also really, really excited by anything about um, with kind of women centered stories. Um, yeah. Strong, strong female leads, those kind of stories. My production company is called leading lady creative. So I'm very interested in female led and female centered stories and really excited by anything that is lead produced or written by or directed by women um, is really exciting to me. So I think something along those lines would be a dream to be my first um, Broadway show that I co-produce. Yeah, which we definitely need more of those too. All right, so I found I found the email. Okay, so in my time, I've reached out to a few um, Broadway producers and Western producers and I was very interested mm-hmm. in co-producing. So I know I missed the boat. Initially, the first musical that I reached out to was Stranger Sings um, before oh. they went to the players. They had a show at 54 Below, and I was like, ooh, I have to reach out to them. And by the time I did, they were like already opening in the players theater and they already had a full team and I was like no because I (laughs) was like I knew that was going to be a hit and I was on the selection and I still am on the selection committee for the players theater so I picked them then I was like I must co-produce this but they already had a full staff but I wish I got on that board because like that is a good show and then another I reached out to I, I haven't heard back but I reached out to, I guess, the Great Gatsby musical coming to New uh, York. Yeah, yeah. I guess I reached out to them. Maybe I sent it to the wrong, to the wrong person. Um, I didn't hear back, but that's okay. That happens sometimes. But I did yeah. hear back from. I think I'm allowed to share this stuff. You think I'm allowed to share this stuff? Um, I don't know. 
don't know. Maybe. Um, but I know that, okay, so th- when I, I wanted to do Gatsby, didn't hear back. I also had a connection to potentially speak to one of the producers for Magic Goes Wrong on the West End. And oh, I nice. said that I wanted to be part of their um, Broadway. I was inter- mm. I was interested in having some talks, but yeah. that show didn't come. Instead, Peter Pan came. Peter Pan, and yeah. that was really really good. So I reached out to a right. Broadway producing company, and I asked, like, "All right, hey, I'm a producer in New York City. I've done off Broadway stuff, and I want to advance into the Broadway community as a co producer or an investor." Um, I like to be involved. What do you guys, uh, what does it take? It's not what I said. I'll just read the email. Yeah. Sorry. Now I, I'm all thrown off now. Um, so the email that I said to them, it was very quick. I'm interested in learning more about investing in future Broadway productions. I've never invested in a Broadway show before. I'm also not an accredited investor, but it's something I'd like to get involved with. If there are opportunities, I produce non-union shows across New York, like Good Morning New York, Mass Musicals, and I'm currently a producer for a news network. And then they got back to me, this producer that I'm not going to name, um, just, you know, probably for privacy. They probably didn't expect I'd share it. So I won't share who it is. But they great. said, it's great to know what you're looking to invest into. They asked if it was plays or musicals. It's usually 25000 for a play and 50000 for a musical as an investor. Um, and this was in the pandemic when I reached out. So they said a lot of things are on hold. But, um, but there's also uh, two pair of producers that I met at the TKTS booth when I was doing Good Morning New York to get I'm trying to sell tickets for my show and mm-hmm. these guys are great and they always have stuff coming up so they'll reach out to me once in a while also not gonna name them but they'll reach out and be like hey we're fundraising we're offering investing and co-producing opportunities are you interested and I think um, if you're in that or if you at least make contact with these people they're always gonna reach out when there's yeah. an opportunity and then you kind of get to decide but the problem yeah. is, what do you what do you decide? Right. Well, what do you decide as the person they're reaching out to? Like, what do you decide if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in or not? I kind of I was told by someone once that to be a co producer on a Broadway show, you basically have like one chance to reach out to all of your rich friends, and if you lose their money, you probably won't last long as a co producer. Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you say your thought. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think, more or less true. I mean, what I have seen from people who regularly co-produce on Broadway is they have their kind of go-to roster of investors and, you know, they will reach out to them every time they have a new potential opportunity and kind of gauge interest and then go from there. Um, But yeah, I can imagine if you, especially if you're just starting out as a young co-producer um, or maybe not even young, just as a new co-producer and you lose a bunch of people money, it probably, they, that same pool of people will probably not jump to give you money again. But I mean, it's hard. Any, um, any paperwork for these Broadway investments, these Broadway shows, there's always a pretty much a whole page that's like, this is not a smart investment. Like, <laughs> Broadway is not just so you know, you will probably lose your money and we need you to sign on this dotted line that says, you know, that. Um, so, you know, 
I think as long as people really truly do know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and then some of these people, not that I know people like this, but I'm just saying people who invest in Broadway shows are sometimes just so rich that they have disposable income and they can write it off as a loss I think if they if they lose that money as an investment um, and they they just want to be like part of a Broadway show. They just want their name on something or they just want, you know, to be able to request house seats. So they just want to be able to go to opening night or something like that, you know, which is more what happens if you're a co-producer as opposed to an investor. But long story short, some of these people don't care that much if they make their money back or not. They just want their name on a Broadway show. And of course, their hope is they make their money back. But um, some of these Broadway investors, it's, it's crazy. They, they, I mean, they're just like billionaires who just need like a hobby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the crowdfunded one that Ken Davenport did? Hair? Was it hair? Um, I think it was Godspell. Oh, Godspell. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a roommate um, that when I, whatever, whatever the one that he did, that's the producer Ken Davenport that crowdfunded it. I had a roommate that like put a thousand in and it was funny because she came up and she, according to her, she gave him the check and he was like, you are aware and okay that you might never see this back. And like yeah. she had to sign the paperwork and she was like, yep, I totally understand. I just love being a part of it. And that's yeah. like, that's what gets people excited about it. But it can sure. also, it can also be risky. Um, I know when I did Good Morning New York off Broadway, there was someone really interested in investing because at the time I was saying, if you invest 2,500, it wasn't an expensive musical, but if you mm -hmm. invest 2,500, I'll give you associate producer credit. And there was a very nice woman that like really, really, really wanted that credit, but she was mm -hmm. like, she couldn't find the money, which is okay. I, mean, I don't, it, fine. I found the money, but she was like, don't worry. I'm going to like pull from my retirement. And she was like, I just oh. lost my job, but I'm going to find a way. And I was like, no. No, 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 no. Like, no, don't do that. I'm not, it's... I'm not taking that. Like, cause it just, yeah. it's like, I'm not, I don't think it's worth you losing your livelihood over. Yeah. 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 And it's just not, I mean, I love theater and I, I want it to be successful and thriving, but the reality is it's not a good thing to risk like all the money in your bank account on. <laughs> like you, you truly yeah. need to have like a pretty, pretty good cushion of finances um if you're gonna yeah, invest in a broadway show i mean you really have to write the check expecting to never see that money again you really do yeah and i think that that's why they have like there's this rule that you have to be an accredited investor i think it's i think if yes. you're like single is, you have to make more than what is it 150k i don't well, know what it is I'd have to fact check myself, but I'm pretty sure um, if I remember correctly from the Business of Broadway classes, not to plug them again, but why not? Plug um, away, plug they're, away. They're great classes. Um, so I think if I remember correctly, what I learned from them is that technically an accredited investor is either someone who makes over, maybe it is 150K, I can't remember, a year or has a net worth of, I think it's a million dollars and can prove that. Oh. Um, oh, yes. How do you yes. and how do you prove a net worth of a million? I don't know. Um, as someone who definitely worth. doesn't have a net worth of a million dollars, I don't know how you prove that. Um, maybe you show like if you have you know assets in like property or 
investments or whatnot. Maybe you can prove what all of that is I, worth. I just typed um, in Jackie Thrapp net worth. Nothing came up. Incredible. <laughs> so, I was say, nothing would come up for my maybe. name either. Uh, yeah, no, not rich, not rich. No. That, that does make sense. Like if you have property or car, maybe like, I don't know, some family money or I don't know, something like that. Yeah, or, investment yeah. stock or something. I don't know. I, to be honest, like, I don't know the ins and outs of how all of that works exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's like a net worth of a million dollars technically to be an accredited investor. And when you um, invest in a Broadway show, there's normally paperwork that you're supposed to sign that basically, you know, states, I hereby, you know, declare or whatever, like I'm signing this to say, that I am an accredited investor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you you technically are supposed to be an accredited investor in order to invest in a Broadway show. Yeah, nice and rich. I had one person tell me, now again, this is hearsay. So here's what one person told me. It was, um, there was a Broadway show that had an opening in as low as $5,000. What was the one with the two guys? Oh, hello? Was that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick Kroll and somebody. It was like a comedy yeah. show, basically. Yeah, so again, this is total hearsay. I cannot prove it. I am I'm spreading what a man allegedly said was offered <laughs> to him as an opening investment. And I remember being like, oh, man, that's great. Like $5,000, because that's kind of unheard of to even have at, as low as 5K for an opening investment, right? Broadway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's minimum 25K or 50K, depending on what theater organization owns the theater that it's going into. Um, but, or sometimes the lead producers can just decide, you know, it's 50K or 25K. But yeah, normally it's, that's the minimum. Um, but again, depending on the show and depending on the lead producer, you can sometimes slash with someone so you can like split the investment uh, unit with them and have your names in the playbill. Like if you and I slash, it would be like Jackie Thrapp slash Caitlin McNeilage, whatever co-producers. Um, and so that's sometimes a possibility or sometimes people can just like, if you have a co-producer that you know, and they're willing to do this, you can sometimes say like, okay, like I, Jackie, really want to be an investor in a Broadway show, but I don't have, you know, maybe it's 12500 to give you the co-producer, but I have four, you know, there are three, of, three friends, uh, there are four of us, and the four of us are going to evenly split this $12,500 unit. Um, that will be, you know, something we work out amongst ourselves. All you need to know is here is a check for $12,500. And, you know, I think sometimes if that happens, you have to like pick one person whose name is the one used. Um, but yeah, there, there are different ways sometimes it can work out. But yeah, I think in general, $5,000 for a starting investment is very unheard of, um, except in situations like you mentioned with the Ken Davenport, like crowdfunded Godspell. But I will say, Oh, Hello probably had a very, very small Broadway budget compared to most Broadway shows. Um, if it really was just two guys. And I think if I'm not wrong, it was like a comedy show. So it was mm -hmm. um, pro probably didn't really have a set or costumes or I think I doubt. Yeah, uh, maybe no they had massive. They had some stuff, but it was no massive like set changes or anything. It yeah, was just like right. comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And people are the number one expense of the weekly 
operating costs, that and rent of a Broadway show. It's like if you have a show with four people, that's much, much cheaper to produce than a show with 30 people in the cast. Um, yeah. I always, so, yeah, that's whenever I write my musicals. Um, I always try to write them with a small cast because these days I'm still self-producing my own stuff. So I'm yeah. just like, oh boy, I'm going to have to pay for it. If I add one more character, I'm just not going to add that totally. character. <laughs> that's how I think. Yeah. My good old producing brain. Um, so if yeah. you were to pick one more, just at, ask one more time. Um, I know that you said you wanted to do a female um, led show. Would you prefer to do a play or a musical for your first one? I mean, if you were to be a cool producer. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just such a like musical theater nerd at heart. So I think I would really love for it to be a musical. Um, musicals also, it's like six one way, half dozen another because they do tend to make more money, but they also tend to cost more money. So if you're looking at it as like, what would be the smartest you know, financial decision, it, it could kind of go either way. Cause it's like, you might have to raise more money for the play or for the musical, but it will probably make more money. Um, I think I would rather it be a musical, but I would also be really happy to co-produce a play, especially if it's something I'm passionate about and, um, you know, has a great team involved. So, but yeah, I think if I have to pick one or the other, I'd say a musical. Yeah. I'm with you on that too. I would do a musical unless it was magic goes wrong. Then, <laughs> then I'm in. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't even know what happens in Magic Goes Wrong. I just, <laughs> just know it's going to win. Set on it. Yeah, yeah. I just know it's going to be good. That theater company, Mischief Theater Company, is like always amazing. Yeah, and I'm like that. That's going to be the show. Totally. Um, well, you definitely answered. Uh, I mean, we covered so many topics. Is there anything? Oh, you know what? I I want to feature. You have quite a big show opening in August. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am going back to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival after I went with uh, your show, Lighthouse, last last year, last Fringe, as a co-producer. Um, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment because I am going uh, back. And uh, oh. this time, yeah, no, I'm excited. I The Fringe is amazing. It's just, um, you know, Jackie can tell you it's, it's a wild time. Expensive. It's oh my god. Very, very expensive. It's exhausting. It's overwhelming a little bit. Um, but it's also incredible. And I'm so excited to go back. Um, and this time with a show that I am developing. I'm I'm not much of a writer, so I'm um having someone else write it, but I came up with the idea and the sort of outline for the concept, and I'm lead producing it. So I'm very excited about it. It's I, I may have leaned a little too far into uh developing a brand and I may have crossed over into confusing everyone because uh, it is also called the leading lady club <laughs> um, but it's a play it's different than my cabaret shows that I've been doing at 54 below it's actually a scripted play um, and I'm kind of pitching it if I could pitch it in one sentence uh, as sketch comedy or SNL meets the gynecologist waiting room and um uh yeah, it's gonna be funny. It's it's a story about basically what it is to be a woman in the world in 2023. Um, women of different races, different ages, different backgrounds, different experiences. Um, and the 
the play that um, Sarah Hogwood, brilliant playwright, is writing for us uh, is based on interviews that she's done with a bunch of real life women and their experiences and also women that we know and our experiences. And um, so, yeah, I think it's going to come from a really truthful place. But I also wanted to make sure we make people laugh mostly instead of cry um, because being a woman in the world can sometimes make you want to cry. Yeah, there is. But I, you know, who wants to sit in a theater and cry the whole time? So we're going to make it really, really funny in very SNL style sketches and vignettes. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's hopefully going to be powerful and impactful and fun and um, a really good chance just to showcase women and their stories. So, and we're also, we're pre premiering off Broadway in July at 59 East 59th, um, before we go to Scotland. So oh, that'll whoa. Be I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I didn't realize. Sorry. I didn't realize I didn't tell you oh, that. Yeah. I want to make you that, but tell me more. Yeah. They have a, a festival they do every summer. I didn't even know it existed, but it's called East to Edinburgh. Um, and it's oh, basically... Whoa. Yeah, I know. I wish we had known about it last year. Me they, too. We could have right? done some stuff. I know. I didn't find out about it until just a month or two ago, but they premiere shows that are New York-based uh, shows that are going to the Fringe Festival that year. Um, and they let you do, you know, I think you could do like a maximum of six shows, but we're going to do three um, and kind of test it out in front of a New York audience and um, have, you know, just the opportunity for people that, are New York based and aren't going to be able to make the trip to Scotland. Um, that way they're able to see the show as well. So it's gonna be a really oh. great chance, I think, for us to kind of test it out before we go over there and kind of have, I mean, it, I'm kind of considering those like our preview performances. Um, yeah, I wish that we did that for Lighthouse. Because as you know, we ran a little I think we ran like 10 minutes long one time, mm -hmm. which was a problem. And then the next we also ran like five minutes long when a critic came. And they yeah. like knocked us for it. And I was like, whoa, they're knocking us for time. Yeah. So like, I think that this festival or this off-Broadway debut that you're doing is so important ahead of French. And also like, it gets you excited and gets New York excited. Are you going to have a fundraiser for any of this? How are you raising the money? <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening Stressful to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have lots of money and you love to support women in the arts, let me know. Um, yeah, so I've, I've created a whole pitch deck for the show with all the information the team, the, you know, story, the inspirations and the budget. And I am going to start sending it out to some folks who I think might be interested in. Um, contributing to female-led, female-written, developed content. Um, and I'm going to see what happens. I mean, I'm hoping to find some investors and co-producers who are able to help fund it. Um, and I'm going to apply for some grants um, that are, you know, focused on female-focused female, female content. Um, and then, yeah, if need be, in the next couple months, I will host some fundraisers. I'm thinking about maybe doing a an all-female comedy show at Broadway Comedy Club and uh, using that as a fundraiser opportunity. Smart. But yeah, that's all kind of, um, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to pitch it to some folks who might be able to help. So if you are one of yeah. those people or know someone who might be interested in helping, definitely let me know. <laughs>
for let's say we have a rich person listening. Um, I know that they don't know that this podcast is back, but the, they probably showed up in their feed. And they're like, oh, Jackie's doing your podcast again. Yes, rich person. I am doing my podcast. So now, now to this rich person listening, um, if you want to say, what would your opening investment be to someone who's interested in co-producing for both um, getting the off-Broadway and the Edinburgh French credit as a co-producer? What would your investment um what would that opening investment be? Yeah, great question. Um, so we're doing three levels, um, kind of three different opportunity levels. So starting as low, I'm, I'm kind of maybe taking a page of that like crowdsourcing um, idea where it can start really, really small. So um, the minimum unit I'm asking for is $100. So it's as low as $100 oh. to be considered an investor. So that's, you know, nice. we've, talked, we've talked a lot in this interview about like investors versus co-producers. Obviously, co-producers get billing and a lot more kind of incentives. But um, yeah, just to be an investor, the minimum unit would be $100. And then the second level is to be a producer, just producer. Um, and that minimum is $1,000. And then the next highest level is co-producer. So that's where, you know, you're getting billed as a co-producer. Um, you're getting right of first refusal for future productions. You're getting free tickets to the shows. I'm even going to have some little like leading lady club t-shirts and stickers and things um, for co-producers. So that minimum uh, unit is $2,500. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's there's there's oh. different levels so that people of different um, different means and abilities can partake if they want to if they're interested. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's like, um, who am I to turn away anybody who wants to be involved and wants to support uh, what we're what we're about? So yeah, I think I think it's nice to kind of have different levels. And of course, like I said, there's different incentives for each one. If if you're down at the lowest level of just an investor the really main incentives are free tickets to the show. Um, it's not like top billing and merch and right of first refusal. It's not all those things, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's good to make these things accessible and um, you know, we're, we're looking for investors and for help. So I don't want to turn anyone away who's interested. So that, anyway. that's so good. I, I love your pricing on this. I mean, oh my gosh, like a thousand dollars for someone to get a, producer credit on both yeah. Broadway and Edinburgh is like, I won't say once in a lifetime, but like first time I've ever heard it. So like, yeah, that's yeah. really, really, really good offer. So if anyone has a thousand bucks or if you have 500 and a friend has 500 and you guys go, can they go together? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I'd be, I'd be willing to do that. Absolutely. Oh, um, Very. for you, you have a little bit different of a budget. You actually have a casting call out right now, right? Is that up? But I think I saw that. Are you still casting? Yeah. Yeah, we're still casting. Um, there's a notice on Broadway World. I think I might put one up on Playbill and um, backstage as well. But yeah, we're accepting submissions, video submissions to anyone female or female identifying. Um, not really. And again, off-Broadway and Edinburgh. Like, yeah. I, you, don't, you don't hear those in the same sentence in the same year. Like, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, that is that is true. I'm really excited. We're able to do the off Broadway um, run first. It's really exciting. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking for submissions. Um, and you know, I've had several people ask me because I posted it as a non-union posting, but I've had several Equity members ask me if they can submit. The answer is yes, technically, but it's going to be a non-union 
production. Um, so, yep. you know, I know some equity members are kind of willing to, I mean, I think a lot of equity members have just let their equity membership kind of lapse since COVID because they haven't been working in theater and they haven't been paying their dues. So all that to say, it's going to be a non-union production. Um, and, you know, normally equity rules don't apply to international performances, so it wouldn't be an issue. Right. But because we are doing the three performances here in New York, you know, I don't oh. want to get anyone in trouble with the union. So does, um, um, does the, do you think that what's that thing? What's the, the showcase rule for equity? Does that yes. does that apply? Possibly. That is something someone just um, recommended to me yesterday. Um, so I haven't had a chance to fully look into it yet, but that is something I am going to look into. So it's possible we can get like an equity showcase code or whatnot contract. Um, and if that's the case, then I will definitely post it on the equity board and um, on Broadway World and Playbill and make sure equity folks know that it's open to them as well. But yeah, if you want to submit, just um, honestly, if you just Google the Leading Lady Club Broadway World um, audition, it should come right up. But basically, we're just asking for a contemporary monologue, or we have a link to a monologue from the show that you can learn if you don't have your own monologue. And um, yeah, just a slate and making sure you have a valid U.S. passport because that is important. Uh, um, yes, so that is, that yeah. is so important. Very, um, very important. And I will, from my personal experience, I think that if someone applies and doesn't but says, I'll get it, like, I think if you apply, you should also apply for your passport the same day because yeah. it takes, like, after COVID, it takes forever. Yeah, it oh takes God. a really long time. So... Um, that's one of the big questions we're asking folks. But yeah, you can just um, email those things and a headshot and resume to leadingladyclubpodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in auditioning, we are happy to see, you know, we want as many auditions to look at as possible. So we're happy to accept videos from anyone. Um, yeah. So yeah. And then, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Oh, cool. And then, so what is your Instagram? Like, how can people find you um, if they just want to reach out, maybe network? I don't know. How can they yeah. find you as well? T totally. Um, so my personal Instagram handle is at Caitlin McNeilage, and that is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M-C-N-E-I-L-A-G-E. -E. Um, and that's my you know, just personal, regular Instagram. And then, or if you want to follow the leading lady club, that's just at leading lady club. Um, and mostly right now I'm using that for podcast content, but I think being as the fact that this play is now also called leading lady club, um, mm -hmm. I'll post updates and things about our journey to Edinburgh on there as well. So yeah, you can follow, follow along there. Um, for info, info on that and on the podcast. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on. I certainly learned a lot. I knew I would because I was like, these are questions <laughs> I also were just curious about what you've done with all these other projects as well. So like, yeah. thanks so much for coming on. 
Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I was honored that you asked. So I'm excited that we got the chance to chat. And I'm gr so grateful for, you know, everything I've learned from you and from our times that we've collaborated together. I feel like we make a pretty good team. And uh, I always learn so much from working with you as well. So really grateful that uh, you've helped me on my way on my journey as a producer, I guess I could say. <laughs> Likewise, because I'm grateful that you talked me out of bringing Lighthouse to the back room of a dive bar. <laughs> I was like, let's think this through for a second. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, for a second, our, just off-Broadway, I thought that we might not be able to do off-Broadway. And I was like, you know, what? let's just do it in the back room of this place. And she was like, eh, let's do it. yeah, exactly. Let's think about it for a second. Yeah. And I thought about it for a few hours. And I was like, oh, Huh. Maybe that's not the best idea to do that. I mean, listen, I, I I love to not ever shoot down an idea completely, but I also think sometimes we gotta I'm also very guilty of getting excited about something and just like wanting to jump right into it and make the decision and just like I, I get carried away sometimes. So I think mm -hmm. it's it's always a good idea to sleep on it for one night. Even oh, if it's yeah. one one night before you make a, a giant decision about your yeah. career or your project. Um <laughs> so I was like, let's so just think great. about it. <laughs> and that's just so great working with both you and Joe is yeah. like you, you all have different Joe is the other co-producer for Lighthouse. You yes. all have like different perspectives, but it all comes from like a very good place. And it's always like very respective, respectable. What am I, what's the word? Respectful. When we talk about everything, it's always like, yeah, you all, whenever there's an idea, you're like, I don't know about it. You're always, I've noticed that in this industry, sometimes people can, um, just come off the wrong way or say things too wrong. I know that I can do that too. But you've always, one of your gifts and talents is you've always been able to or say exactly what you're trying to say without it coming off as as something that would hurt someone's ego or, or any way. You're like so nice and respectful, but also like intelligent about how you give advice. And that's, oh. that's a rare thing. And it's a very good thing to have. Wow, Jackie, you're gonna make me cry. That's so nice. Um, oh. Thank you. That's I mean, that's a huge compliment, because that's exactly what I would um, strive to, to kind of be like in my career and in my life. Um, yeah, I'm always, I just, yeah, I don't understand when people kind of operate in a way that's not respectful or kind as a starting point. And don't get me wrong, there are times when there there have probably been moments in my life where I should have been less kind. <laughs> and if someone uh. maybe deserved uh, me standing up for myself a little bit more, but I just don't understand why, um, especially in this industry, I think people sometimes need to learn to have just a baseline of respect and kindness and understanding and if we start from that baseline it's just it's so much nicer for everyone involved and uh, a more yeah. respectful environment so i that's something i i believe in a lot i agree well thanks again for coming on and everyone go follow caitlin and potentially invest in her off-broadway <laughs> and edinburgh show Oh my God, it's only a thousand dollars. I can't wrap my, I'm still wrapping my head around how good that is. So yeah, do it. 